Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody. It's great to be back. And we are continuing a a series of interviews at different uh, conferences and trade shows this week. It's just a really busy industry time of the year. Last week, we were fortunate enough to attend the Crypto Invest Summit, where we brought you a number of interviews from startup companies, uh, VCs, different investors. And this week, we're going to play back some interviews that we did at another great show called VRLA, Virtual Reality Los Angeles, which is one of the world's largest immersive technology festivals. And this event, which is in its fifth annual year, um, has hundreds of demos, interesting panels, and keynotes featuring the latest in immersive content and tech solutions. And there's all sorts of great sponsors there, including Intel and Dell and Qualcomm, all um, showcasing what they're doing to move VR, AR, and mixed reality along. Um, and so we're going to dive right into our first interview where we talked to the gentleman named Guy Bendoff from Beyond XR. And Beyond XR is basically a platform to help create, publish, and manage immersive experiences, sort of the WordPress of virtual reality. So um, let, let's cut to the interview and hear what Guy has to say. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Schwartz, your Tech Cat, and we are at VRLA happening here in Los Angeles. It is a fantastic May morning (laughs) in LA, and we're here with Guy Bendoff from Beyond VR, who's going to talk to us about what he's up to. Hey, hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's a wonderful day, very exciting to be here in VRLA. Um, It's Beyond XR, and we are showing um, an editor and a publishing tool for VR and AR experiences. Uh, It's a drag-and-drop, no-code-needed type of environment. Um, Our users, uh, which include uh, starters, students, but also big brands like Coca-Cola, are using our environment to just load uh, digital assets that they have 2D, 360, full VR, uh, just place them in space, add interactivity, very much like a website or a PowerPoint, they can very quickly create and update uh, VR and AR experiences on our platform. Uh, Once they're done, they can publish it on web, on WebXR, but also on any other different environment, any other different platform, uh, including new platforms that we'll be showing here and uh, at the upcoming shows. So um, is it designed then for the, um, for the consumer to the professional, so it has that wide span? It has a very, very wide span. Um, professionals are using this to really create updatable uh, content. Uh, we're showing here uh, Coca-Cola and FIFA. Uh, have created uh, an amazing experience around uh, uh, world tour for the World Cup. Uh, they have a plane which is traveling aw- around the world. They're showing the World Cup and at every location they are taking 360 pictures, 360 videos and updating the 360 website live uh, whenever they need to update it. So it's really becoming a very vibrant live web 360 experience that's very hard to do in any other platform. And can you spit it out to the other VR platforms as well, or is this primarily just for web? 
The short answer is yes. Uh, we're covering uh, many, many VR and AR platforms. Uh, the beauty is that once uh, your experience is uh, saved, it's hosted on the cloud, uh, and that allows us to actually send it into different platforms, into different viewers. Uh, you'll find our app already on many platforms, including Vive and Gear VR, uh, and we're uh, um, covering more and more. So is the user, is someone who's using the software, do they have to be trained? Because that's always a challenge when you're launching a great solution, even in that wide span. That person, whoever's doing it, has to know how to use your software. The, the beauty is that really the amazing team that created this um, worked very hard to make an experience that's very similar to creating a website. If you know how to create a website, if you used any one of those uh, um, um, you know, environments like Wix or WordPress, you'll be very familiar uh, with the environment. Obviously, knowing 360, knowing VR is very helpful to understand how to use 360 pictures and 3D. Uh, but the, the idea is very, very similar to creating a website. You load your picture, you load your background picture, uh, you position your videos and pictures in space, you add interactivity, and that's about it. Now, um, what's the business model for you guys? Are you licensing? Are you um, selling the entire package? Like, how do you manage all that? Well, the core business model is the licensing. Uh, basically, we're taking hosting and licensing fees from anyone that's uh, using our platform for commercial reasons. Uh, you can go online and you can log in for free, get an account for free and start playing with it. Um, and But when you go commercial, obviously, there are hosting fees. Um, on top of that, uh, with some bigger clients who are coming in and there's special adaptation work that's need to be done, some services that needs to be done. And for that, we either do that internally, but more and more, we're actually partnering with local agencies, creative agencies, web agencies, and they're actually using our platform to really expand their own services to their own clients. Right. So they don't have to go external and hire a company to do that. Exactly. Now, are you also supplying creatives to help new clients get off the ground? Absolutely. Um, a lot of our work, a lot of my work is, fun, you know, working with clients who have already very strong digital presence. They want to expand that into 360. They want to expand that into immersive media. They want to grow there. And, uh, and we're thinking with them how to do that, what's the best way to do that, how they can leverage their own graphics, their own visual assets uh, to do that. And once we um, agree on and what, what it should be, uh, then either we help them to do that internally uh, or we're, we, a lot of time we'll be bringing uh, an agency to help them do that. And, and Guy, where do you see things going with the software? Like, what do you see in a year or two where, where it's going to go? Um, there are two levels uh, that are extremely exciting to see. One is more platforms. Uh, new platforms are coming rapidly to market. We want to support all of them. Um, more AR platforms are coming to market, and we're supporting them as well. Um, uh, just the growth there is super interesting because it's making VR and AR more accessible, more usable in other places. Uh, and then obviously the authoring tool itself, uh, we're covering more and more file formats, uh, more 3D, just giving people more capabilities to be creative. 
That's wonderful. And where do you see the industry going? Like, what are you most excited about? Obviously, this is, I think, VRLA's third or fourth year, and every year that hall gets bigger and bigger. What, what's the most exciting trends for you? Um, the, the market is just growing. The uh, accessibility of the market in general for more and more people and more and more businesses, um, I think that's, you know, the exciting stuff. Uh, um, Hugo for Qualcomm uh, talked about um, this being a marathon, not a sprint, and, you know, we feel very much the same. Um, a lot of changes are happening all the time. What I'm excited about is on a very uh, sort of short term is how WebXR is becoming more and more of a standard, um, how that is growing and how that is very much a baseline for people to sort of step, take a step into immersive media in general. Um, and then on the higher end, you know, the, the uh, uh, Oculus Go, the announcements from Lenovo today, um, all of those new platforms, all of those new... So headsets. the portable HMDs that are more affordable, the processing power getting better and better, so you're not tethered anymore, all of these sort of things that are making it more consumer friendly. It, it's consumer friendly, but it's also business friendly. One, one thing that we see is that more libraries, more schools are interested now to buy these headsets because they're more affordable. So great. That's a really great point. And Guy, what do you think is, is next for Beyond? Like, where can we learn more about what you're doing? Where can people find out more about what you guys are up to? You go to beyondxr, that's B-Y-O-N-D-X-R.com. Uh, you can open up uh, an account. It's free. And uh, dive in. Enjoy. Create. And then where are you blogging or on social media anywhere? Are you uh, expressing your thought leadership in the space anywhere? Um, I'm on social media under uh, one word, Guy Bendov. Um, and um, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to express as many thoughts as I can. Um, together with uh, Beyond, um, uh, we're really trying to show the best use cases that make sense, that really are moving from a gimmicky. I would say uh, experiences to something that's substantial and valuable. And one back question I wanted to ask you when you were saying that WebXR is becoming the new standard. That basically is consuming immersive content in a browser. Is that the bigger concept there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's 360 um, experiences that can run off the browser on your phone or on your tablet or PC. Um, that's where, you know, Facebook is starting with um, picture, 360 pictures on the wall. This is where YouTube is starting on 360 videos. And this is where actually I would say 80 plus percent of the viewership that we see is coming from. The web for most people out there, for most consumer out there, is the first place to enjoy immersive media. That's great. Thank you so much, Guy. We look forward to learning more about Beyond VR. And people can check out the FIFA experience where? It's in our website. And if you go to FIFA.com, there's a link, I think, on a homepage now. That's great. So we've been talking to Guy Bendev, Beyond XR. Um, probably Beyond VR was last year, but XR is now this year. Learning all about a very user-friendly platform that they've created to allow people to put together immersive experiences in a, in a simpler way, right? In a simpler and more digestible way for both consumers to professionals. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and we're back. This is Lori H. Schwartz, your Tech Cat, and you were just listening to an interview I did last week with Guy Bendoff from Beyond XR, which is a platform to create, publish, and manage immersive experiences, and that was recorded 
live on the show floor at VRLA, which is one of the biggest um, interactive immersive technology festivals where you have hundreds of demos and lots of interesting panels all around virtual, augmented, and mixed reality. And so we're going to continue diving into this exciting world. Now Now that we've understood a, a platform that can help us make VR and AR, where, which used to be so expensive and so difficult, now we're seeing the democratization of that. Now we're jumping over to e-commerce and watching how e-commerce is now going to be happening inside of immersive experiences, inside of VR and AR. And that's with a fabulous company called PayScout, who are actually bringing payment transactions to immersive environments. So we're going to hear from Juan Sotelo, who is the COO of PayScout. Hi, everybody, and it's Lori H. Schwartz here, your tech cat, and I am interviewing live on the show floor of VRLA here at the LBCC, and I'm talking to Juan Sotelo from PayScout. Um, and PayScout is a really interesting solution for integrating a wallet into VR experiences. And uh, we talked to PayScout a couple months ago, so I'm excited, Juan, to hear about where you guys are and what you're doing here at the show. So give us an update and some background on PayScout. PayScout is a payment processing company. We process payments in over six continents, over 100 countries. We connect merchants and consumers through credit card, debit, ATM, and alternative payment methods. And we're here at the show because we're integrating payments into the VR experience in a frictionless way uh, through a wallet integration and a partnership with Visa through their Visa Checkout uh, wallet integration. And this enables a frictionless goal of immersive payments. And it's the way we have to sustain the platform. We have to monetize it. That's so cool. So I, I actually did get to s sort of experience some of it at, um, what was it, Shop Talk or something? Yep. Um, like six months ago, yeah, we were there. and and I remember putting on the HMD and being taken through a, a store with clothing, choosing something, and then paying. And it was so easy to use, mm -hmm. and the interface was really like flowy. It was like the first time where I wasn't like I didn't want to like throw the <laughs> headset against the wall. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so so how do you get people to to use it? Do I have to pre-fill out something in Visa's world? Like how does it work so that you know it's so instant and easy to use like it was? So in, this, in that use case, uh, you go to the Google Play Store, you download the PayScout app, and you put in your login credentials. And you do the same for the Visa uh, checkout experience, the wallet. You put in your credentials. In the beginning, that's really where the heavy lifting is. And after that, within that application, you can ex have different experiences in terms of uh, VR commerce. And as you go through a branded content and transition to what you're talking about, a virtual store, a VR store, you're then able to have a one-click checkout experience in terms of payments. And it's as simple as that. The next time you're back, you don't have to do the login into the payment wallet. And that's why we integrated Visa Checkout, along with obviously the security that is needed and all those rails of security that are built in. That's so cool. Um, and so are you, is it live now or are you still in like just getting it out to the world? It's, it's live, so our PayScout app is live. You go to Google Play Store, Android phone, Look up PayScout. You'll see PayScout VR, and you can download the app. And then, what what um, you know VR experiences are using the wallet? Um, in terms of how do you use the wallet? Yeah, yeah, VR? like actually actually using it, like going on and, and um, 
leveraging that whole setup. Because w- would you be in, so is the way it works, I'm in PayScout, or is it that I'm in a VR experience with the sort of PayScout Visa integration? So I- ideally, we don't want you to know where PayScout. Okay. <laughs> we don't, we, the whole goal, nobody wants to feel the friction of a payment experience. And uh, nobody wants to know that PayScout is part of that. They like product that they're experiencing through this great immersive platform. You know, the best way in human history we could connect. I, I think that's the beauty of this. That's why we're so, so excited in the retail space. So you make this empathetic connection and you have, now have a call to action. And through that experience, you can have, it's a white label, so let's put X brand on the app. Right. And through that, um, we provide the rails within VR and Visa Checkout, a known brand. Yeah. So that's a traditional payment method. By the way, you can log in, if you're one of 33 million people that have Visa Checkout, into that wallet instead of entering your credit card information, and it'll work. Ah. And so you transition to a virtual store that we can help build and have that one-click experience and not even know PayScout is behind the scenes. Right. That's the ideal state. We don't want to be that brand in front or you know, we're not that Visa brand. So, so a, say, Gap would come to you and mm-hmm. want to integrate your walleting solution in their VR store. Mm-hmm. And then you have the relationship with them, mm-hmm. but they have the relationship with the consumer. Correct. Okay. And I think that's an ideal uh, you know, use case as you're going forward because they already have that uh, built-in base of customers. Yeah. They have the application. And it's a matter of integrating instead of traditional maybe 2D uh, viewing models, you integrate virtual reality. And you have this immersive content that sits within their existing platform, that sits within their existing app, and connects to their existing customer base. Right, right. And and we provide those uh, connections in uh, with the virtual reality platform. And where can uh, consumers and B2B folks, enterprise folks, learn more about PayScout? Right, so you go to payscout.com or you go to vrcommerce.com. And uh, from there, we have all the information on our website and where you can understand a lot of our solutions because we're not just, you know, you know we are a payments piece. But the great thing that differentiates us is that we know virtual reality end to end. Um, we know from the content creation side and ideas and concepts all the way to the back end to the fulfillment of payments. And that's what makes us very unique. And is that because then the retailer is sitting with you at the inception of the idea of creating the virtual store? Yes, and that's crucial because uh, in our early stages as we're talking to different uh, retailers, we're getting calls or we're getting uh, inquiries midstream. And we help build end-to-end the optimal experience. And that's why it's important for us to be at that concept ideation stage. The commerce component cannot just be an afterthought. Um, Why are we here? What's the objective? And if it's to monetize, we need to be on that front end so that we can build out an optimal way to communicate in this new medium to monetize and have that experience. Wow. Uh, and um, what do you think is next for this space? Uh, are you going to start working in um, augmented reality situations as well? You know, do you do you eventually, you know, call yourself XR or MR? You know. Yeah. So so we're, we're building an XR commerce platform, and we are in 
in, in flight for an AR commerce okay. uh, use case. Okay. And we are expanding into all realities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so am I late at night. <laughs> so so you'll so there'll be a point where maybe I'm I'm experiencing the, the visa checkout experience in on a HoloLens mm -hmm. um, where I'm actually touching the wallet itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that the future vision? Yeah, yeah that and, and multiple wallets. So we're not we're not tied in to one solution. Right, That's right. what's great. Right, uh, right. Card on file. It can be different right. wallet integrations. In fact, uh, we're in the early stages of having even better uh, payment experience. So that is that is soon to come. Okay. Um, so that you can integrate into all platforms and through a ubiquitous payment method instead of having to integrate through wallets through these different payment platforms, Got which it. is a little bit difficult. Right, um, right. And in the end, we're providing what we believe is transformative right. to, for example, we talked about retail, the retail industry, to sports and entertainment. It is the next evolution of how commerce could take place. Much like brick and mortar, when e-commerce came around, um, people said, there's no way people are gonna buy books, buy clothes online. Well, we found out that was not true. Right. Then M-commerce, mobile commerce came into play, and it was, well, no, nobody's gonna buy on the mobile phone, it's just clunky, it's small screen, but we figured that out. Right. And we think uh, that next platform is going to be VR commerce, the most immersive experience, and where people are present, we believe that commerce need, will take place, right. and we're enabling right. that. I mean, and, and if we're really looking into uh, bringing retail into these virtual environments, bringing education, bringing like things that used to be too hard to deal with into virtual environments, you're going to need some way of paying for things, right? Now what about, um, you know, I was just at a cryptocurrency event. Yep. Um, are you in talks about that? Are you playing with that? Like how does that involve your world? Uh, the, the great thing about our position in payments is yeah. that we're a payments company first. Yeah. And then technology and all these different platforms. We understand payments from a regulatory perspective. In fact, we're the only payments advisor to uh, the new caucus, a reality caucus that was formed in Congress mm. in last year, 2017. A people virtual don't, reality caucus? A, a reality caucus. deals with VR, AR, and MR. No kidding. And many people don't know about that. No, because and, they don't know about Facebook, so how could they know? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Mark, Mark Zuckerberg kicked their ass. How, how's this going to go down? <laughs> so we need to educate. Right, right. We need to educate, and that's what we're doing. We're giving opinions and we're advising. How smart is that? Because we believe one of our differentiations differentiation uh, points is reg tech. We understand the regulatory environment. Right, right, right. And, right. and so when you talk about cryptos, yeah, the, and yeah. we understand the barriers from right. a regulatory environment. Right. Not getting too deep, but in payments, you have to know your customer. Right. right? You, you have to worry about anti-money laundering laws. Right, right. And we understand that, and so we understand that, you know, I think a, a, a great innovation yeah. component is the blockchain. Right. Um, in terms of transferring money internationally. Right, right, right. Um, Is crypto there yet? No. Right, right. But, but yeah, it's getting, it's, it's getting it's there. It's gonna get there. Right, the compliance issue, you know, because yeah. I was mentioning, I was just at a summit about this stuff, and somebody was saying, we have to treat tokens like securities, mm -hmm. and if we do that, then the U.S. will be fine. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you see all these state and local governments shutting down, you know, uh, currencies, and so it's it's going to be an interesting couple of years, right? But I, but I love hearing that you guys are advising the government, you know, um, 
because they need advice. <laughs> we're going there this month. We're Are actually, you going there? We're, yeah, we're part of a team that's going to showcase virtual reality, and wow. for a lot of them, it's going to be the first time. And is it, it is it a committee in Congress? Uh, it, it's it's a caucus in Congress that they uh, uh, formed. And, and is it is it a uh, you know um, by by uh, what do you call it um, you know bipartisan? It is. That word it is so hard to say. I now. know. Is it? It's hard to come out the mouth. And believe it or not. Yeah. This is one space yeah. where they can both agree right. that, that we want to enable commerce. Oh, that's wonderful and, to hear. And they're looking at their from a constituent base too. Right. You know, we we hear at top of mind is security. Right. Right. So and that's where we come. And in from I'm, the I'm sure side. they're I'm sure they're concerned about foreign mm -hmm. foreign uh, influences in other environments, not only um, in our email. Mm -hmm. and, and social media, but now there's a whole new mm -hmm. platform that yep. we could we need to make safe. So that so that's really interesting. And then from the consumer's perspective, they're never going to necessarily know PayScout. Um, they'll just be dealing with their retailers or whatever the other commerce environment is. So where do you see all this in like five years? If you had a crystal ball, do you see um, walleting inside of these environments so ubiquitous that you know it's so easy people don't even think about it anymore? It's like a you, you know you click your eyes and you've bought something. It's I, like one <laughs> click with your eyeballs. Yes, you know? I, 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 maybe a thought. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and be yeah, able to read the mind. Would, yeah, that would be, that'd be really cool. That would be. <laughs> I don't want people to know what's going on. I know. I, I, I agree. I'll be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. buy all kinds of crazy That's things. That's right, right, Big right. bill at the end. I, I think the payments as it integrates with, with these new realities is uh, going to be a really innovative component. Yeah. Uh, believe that we're all going to have a unique token. Yeah, yeah. And that token should be used across various platforms. Yeah, yeah. And that's that payment token. And we're going to make sure that that person is authorized uh, appropriately to make transactions and is communicated effectively in various platforms. And they need to build those communication rails. And that is happening, and that will occur in the future. So that, as you mentioned, even blinking, yeah. I can maybe go into a store. How I biometrically authenticate is going to be key. There's retinal authentication that's already, we're already working on. Right. And I may pick up a shirt, I may look at the price tag, and I may walk out and from a retinal authentication, say, would you like to purchase? Yes, and blink my eyes or look, and they wow. can authenticate and I can go and, uh, and use that right. uh, uh, purchase for something else. Yeah, because I, I have many colleagues who do a lot of global work, and they're like, credit cards don't exist in, in the rest of the world. It's all mobile now. Mm -hmm. And so the U.S. is the only one still stuck on having a physical card. Yes. And so if that goes away, you can see everything you're doing totally making sense. Yes, it's, it's digital commerce uh, it, right. know, and, and digital payments. It's, it's transforming the world. Uh, anecdotally, I, we had an intern that uh, she's from China, mm. and she had mentioned she was just there three years ago yeah. in this uh, province, and 98% of the transactions were cash. She came back, nobody had cash, she didn't have change, so she brought cash, and she wanted to pay for things, and they said, we don't have change, we don't have cash. It's all WeChat? Or yeah, 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 we pay, and so it's yeah. all mobile-based. Right, right, right. And that yeah. quick. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to happen here too. Now, where can it we will. learn more about what you're doing? Um, is it payscout.com or, you know? You, you go to payscout.com or vrcommerce.com. Look up payscout VR Commerce, and we are top of the list. And are you in, on social media doing any posting or thought leadership pieces or whatever? 
Oh, we are. So, okay. um, so we are. So on our LinkedIn account uh, under PayScout, we have a lot of business to business postings that we have there or our Facebook account slash PayScout. Uh, we have a lot of postings about what we're doing and what's upcoming and a lot of good information and education because I think that's what we're seeing is the first need. Is, right. is, is to teach people what's happening. Is to teach people and we're answering the question you know, uh, that people are asking, uh, do I need a VR commerce strategy? Do I need an AR commerce strategy? Right, right. That's Even a really good way to think about it. What is my you know, monetization strategy for any immersive experience come to Facebook. Exactly. Right. And, and it may not be that you need to execute, but R you right should now. have a strategy. Right, right. You may not be ready yet. You Correct. know, or there, or there yet. That's great. I, well, I love talking to you because it's so exciting to hear about what you guys are doing and how you're just really thinking about it and also helping Congress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, I've been talking to Juan Sotelo, Pay Scout, who's revolutionizing commerce and immersive experiences here live on the floor at VRLA. Thank you so much, Juan. Thank you, Lori. And check out vrcommerce.com for more information about what these guys are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we just got finished listening to an interview with Juan Sotelo of PayScout, which is basically a solution for payment transactions in immersive environments on the floor of VRLA, one of the world's largest immersive technology festivals. And prior to that, we were speaking to Guy Bendoff from Beyond XR, who has the platform to create and manage immersive experiences. So we're really hitting the, the sort of enterprise side of creating immersive content and then the monetization of immersive content. And, of course, next, we, we need those creatives and those entrepreneurs to build off of all of these things and integrate it. And so I had so much fun talking to our next interviewees, um, Preston O'Brien and Remy Bustani of Out There Entertainment, who are recent graduates um, in college. And as part of their program, um, they uh, were part of a startup program, where they got funded um, to, to build out a game. And that, um, that funding took them to graduation, where they launched their new company, Out There Entertainment, and um, have spent the last year of developing a game called TSA Frisky, which is a VR game that's all about going through the TSA experience. And it was so much fun to talk to them. They have so much energy and so much excitement about what they're doing. 22 years old and so focused on um, building games and really diving into the VR world. So we're going to hear now Preston O'Brien and Remy Bustani from Out There Entertainment talking about their new game. Hi, everybody, and we are interviewing live right now on the show floor of VR LA happening at the Las Vegas Convention Center here early May 2018. And I am sitting with Preston O'Brien and Remy Bustani, and that's a miracle that I got those names right, from TSA Frisky, which is the name of a really cool game that's about to come out, um, a VR game. So tell us about it. So TSA Frisky is a virtual reality simulator game where we put the player in the perspective of a TSA agent. You need to manage your lines, your luggage, and your leisure and avoid blacking out on the job. Yeah, so uh, we really wanted to play up the fun of taking a mundane task uh, and then putting it into VR and exploring all the different like little interactions that you can uh, have in VR and really like play up that, the comedic elements of going through the TSA. Now, I did see somebody just doing it, and they were like crawling on the ground, and they were, you know, up and down, and really moving around. So it's probably one of the more physical 
experiences I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, it, it actually, we never really planned for it to necessarily happen like that. It's just that automatically comes with room scale VR. You gotta have to be moving around a lot, um, which is actually pretty cool. You can exercise while you're gaming. <laughs> <laughs> now you say it comes with room scale, but we definitely did design it like that a little bit. We wanted to design the game to be um, intuitive uh, to some extent. So, you know, we have stuff like joining, going into the level through grabbing the door handle um, and then, you know, using your hands to actually like interact with all the items. So we, we tried very hard to focus on keeping the play space within 180 degrees in front of you. So that way, even if you're using a tra uh, one of the headsets with, you know, trackers that don't go all the way around, you won't lose tracking too much, but you'll still be um, maximizing the space um, and, you know, really being active and going from one end of the play space to the other. Now, what made you guys decide to make a game? Have you been doing a lot of games in the gaming space and decided to venture into VR? Or give us a sense of your history. So, we originally are students from Savannah College of Art and Design. I graduated in the game development curriculum. And so, I've been creating games in that curriculum um, ever since I got into it. And so, games were just like a thing I always wanted to create for my whole life. And then, once virtual reality started to come back in a huge way, Wave, we saw an opportunity for us, and so I, part of the, one of the groups that I was a part of, a lot of them were really into VR, and so we were like, why don't we just make a really awesome original VR game? And so we really had fun with it. That was the main reason why we got into VR. And, and you? Uh, I came to SCAD originally because I wanted to be a video game artist. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I ended up going with sequential art, and my minor was in Constar for games, so that's how I met um, all these guys. And then once we were wrapping up from school, they had taken this game to E3, they asked me to help show it at SIGGRAPH, um, and then we joined on to the SCAD Plus program where we're getting funding through the school to really pr to produce the game and start our own company. Um, and then that's when I really like joined on the team and started fleshing out my role. So the school gives you funding um, after you graduate if you have a good project? So, so we're part of the SCAD Plus program, sorry. <laughs> part of the SCAD Plus program, which is a new alumni entrepreneurial business launcher. Um, that's the correct verbiage. <laughs> so essentially it's a whole year. They um, hand-selected teams for the first run of it um, because they were kind of like guinea pigs this year. Um, but they provide us with food, housing, mentorship, and they invest into our companies for the entire year. So it's a really good program and we're really thankful to be a part of it. And do they get equity or what's the yeah, they get uh, they get a certain amount of uh, royalties from the game. Um, they are a percentage stake in the company. Yeah, they have a percentage stake in the company, but the thing that was so really awesome about this opportunity was the fact that we knew these uh, knew these people already. We've been going to the school for four years and the people that are running this uh, program, I've actually, me and our coder Christian Willett have actually worked with the creative director of this program on a VR game previously. And so we already had a really good connection, and that's not something you necessarily find every day whenever you're looking for somebody to invest in your company or your idea. More times than not, you're pitching yourself to a stranger, so there's a lot. It's kind of like dating with that. While with SCAT Plus, we just knew automatically. We, knew, we know these people. We know they're wanting to help us, and that's, that's all they're wanting to do because if we succeed, they succeed. So... That's really cool. Now, was this built in Unreal Unity? Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine is what we built it in. All of us have been using Unreal Engine uh, from the start of us even getting into uh, game development. And so that's what we know. That's what they teach in the game design department at SCAD. Is that um, uh, usually the case? Is Unreal the sort of chosen uh, software platform? Actually not. So Unity is, particularly in most games you'll find Unity is the uh, engine of choice, really. 
because there is a because I mean you can get into like the nitty-gritty of it but ultimately Unity's done a very good job of making it VR friendly, really ease of getting into VR development because of their marketplace and everything. With Unreal, it's a bit harder. You have to really know the ins and outs of their physics system and how things work in order to get things to work properly in VR how you want to. Yeah, we spent a lot of time rebuilding our physics engine and our hand system so that they, they work the way that we want them to. And, but why did you choose Unreal if it's harder? Uh, why? We wanted to do Unreal because we all knew it primarily. We wanted to play to our strength. We didn't want to have to take time because we're such a small team and we only had a certain amount of time to really get this game done. So we really had to play to our strengths at that point. And so we all knew Unreal already. Our programmer knew how to code really fast and really well using the blueprinting system. And then also, while it's harder to develop sometimes for VR in Unreal, there's like, hands down, Unreal's got a wonderful arts toolkit. And for us as artists, it's just hands down, one of, like the engine to go to for art. Now, um, you guys have built a game and you're releasing it across multiple platforms? Yeah. Yes, we're releasing to Steam, we're releasing to Oculus, we're planning on releasing to Itch where we've had, itch.io where we've had our free demo up for the better part of a year. Uh, and we're also looking into a few other marketplaces like Humble Bundle and all Viveport. that. Viveport as well. So. And, and now, now we get into how do you market, right? Because here you are, you're students, fresh out of college. Um, you look very young, which is irritating to me. <laughs> You've built this really cool game. I've, I'm hearing you have conversations with people coming by about where, where this can go. Um, more than just a game. Maybe the you know training is what I was overhearing. Um, how do you market this? Because did you go, did you take a marketing class as well inside the school? So the brilliant thing about it was uh, TSA Frisky. We never really had. Uh, we never really knew that it would be as applicable to everybody when we actually did it. But once we actually started showing it, a lot of people just started playing it and started downloading it because everybody has an experience with the TSA. Everybody. Anytime you've gone through air travel, you've always come into contact with these people. And so that really makes people interested into our game. And so marketing so far, we were very lucky to have YouTubers just get our game and want to put the game out and show their audience that this game exists. And we've been very lucky to have that. And that's just because we have such a unique title that's out there. And also, we've also reached out to um, a marketing agency uh, called Vicarious PR that's been doing a wonderful job with reaching out to press, really educating us on how to market. Like, we never had, we were all artists. We never really went into, like... Um, so the, the business piece of this now is what you're learning. Yes. Exactly, that's Very what we're so. learning. And we've had so many awesome, unique opportunities, like learning from Vicarious PR, learning from SCAD Plus, because SCAD has been doing a wonderful job for themselves business-wise, and they're sharing their expertise right. with us. Right, it's, it sounds like a, an amazing program that really plops you into professional world right from school. Absolutely. Which is amazing. And are a lot of your colleagues that were in your class doing similar things, launching games and, and there jumping are four in? Other, there are four companies total in the first round of SCAD Plus. Yes. Um, so, and it's what's nice is that none of us directly compete with each other. So we're doing a VR game. There's Dave Smitty who's doing a mobile game. Um, there's Battery Jam who's doing a traditional PC game. And then there's Kinetic Cards who are doing AR greeting cards that come to life. So we're all in our, yeah. our own niche markets. We're all able to work together in a, in a sort of homogenous way. And yeah, that's the beauty of it as well. It's like, 
you have so many different people there to where you can get so much different types of feedback uh, from people that are outside of your industry because it's so hard whenever you're just consistently working on a game. You know this game so much, but it's good to get an outsider's perspective. Right, right, to see if it's a viable product. Because exactly. sometimes you can fall in love with your work. Yeah. But um, no one else cares. Yeah. Um, and you haven't felt that heartache yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not predicting you will, I'm just saying. Because well, I you, hope we don't. <laughs> well, you're, you're just very young and very focused, which is very impressive. So, um, you know, this is a dream of yours that, you know, how many hours a day are you putting in right now? So we it sometimes varies, but the minimum amount that we put in a day is probably around 12 hours. I was gonna say 10, but yeah, yeah something like that. We hours. usually yeah we, we we work all day and usually. So we're Remy, are you putting in less time than Preston? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I I was I was just saying like on average, I think. I mean, you know. Preston, what are you gonna do about it? it? Seems like Remy's dragging his feet a little bit. I think we're gonna have to I think we're gonna have to deduct your pace. <laughs> and are there other games on the horizon for you guys? Are you working on other? Games? We want to go multiplayer and we want to go mobile. Um, we really like the new Tetherless headsets that are coming out. Yes. Oculus is releasing the Go. They're currently working on the Santa Cruz And that will open it up also to a wider audience who don't yeah. really understand the PC nature of VR. So Absolutely. if you turn it into more of just a viewfinder, then I think you'll really see it blow up. Because ultimately, it's not, we want to reach not only to an audience, not specifically just like for the money, but we want like a lot of people just to be able to experience our content because hey Preston I'm just going to teach you something right now you yes. want to make money oh, <laughs> <laughs> of course we want to make money but we have we I believe as a company we've done a really good job of balancing yes. the two of like what our creative vision for the company is which our vision is to make people smile right. and we want a lot of people to yeah. smile yeah. and then also having that business side of alright we need to make some money to continue on to <laughs> right, this next right. game well I, I the gentleman that was here when I was waiting for you guys looked like he was having a ball yeah. and he took off the, the HMD and he looked like he, he was giggling <laughs> and then watching him do what he was doing the art direction is very silly yes. but fun so it's a little realistic but silly yeah so it has that nice combination so where can people find out about about the game and and download it and all of that tsafrisky.com absolutely that is the main place that we uh, update consistently you can find us on Facebook you can find us on our Instagram as well but our website is the main place that we go to. we're also on Steam yes. okay and tell me um, the name of your company again Out There Entertainment Out There, Out there Entertainment and then this is all from a great program education program out of what university again Savannah, Savannah College of Art and Design, Design. <laughs> Savannah is it Georgia yes okay Georgia. great okay I do know the south <laughs> kind of anyway it's so great it's so great meeting you Preston O'Brien and Remy Bustani yes. from Out There Entertainment and um, releasing this great game TSA Frisky yes. and I think we'll see great things and not only a game for consumers but it sounds like you're going to move into some enterprise training yes, as well very high possibility. yeah which is where the gold is right yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we've been hearing yes. everyone's telling that okay and Preston you want to make money <laughs> absolutely absolutely want to make money <laughs> this is Laurie H. Schwartz your tech cat reporting live from the floor of VRLA and we were just hearing a great interview with Preston O'Brien and Remy Bustani, two students who created a company called Out There Entertainment with some other colleagues. And they uh, are in the middle of uh, releasing a new game called TSA Frisky, which is a VR game um, built on the Unreal Engine and actually funded by their university as part of a startup program. And they had so much energy and so much excitement and literally 22 years old and so focused on 
building great games in the VR space. I was impressed with their focus and their energy um, and their entrepreneurship. And a lot of that was on the floor at VRLA with a startup um, showing demos, looking for more investment, and just really exciting ideas, including um, building out a game that initially was just uh, consumer-facing, but now looks like it'll have some enterprise solutions. So really exciting stuff all, all over the floor. And I'm finding at all these immersive uh, technology trade shows, there's so much innovation happening on the floor. So many people excited about what they can do with all this great technology. So our, our last interview from the show is with Andy Wood, who's the SVP at DRD Cinema, um, but also Birdly VR is the name of the company that he was representing there. Um, and Birdly VR is basically a VR experience that's part VR and part robotics. You actually um, get inside of laying flat a, um, a bird-like device is the best way that I can explain it, where your arms slide into wings, you put on the goggles, and off you go, and you're actually flying over Central Park. Um, and I've never done anything like that before. I've seen people in contraptions, but this was so much fun. And Birdly VR was inside of the Intel booth because Intel often partners and helps fund lots of interesting companies and startups and partners with interesting technology companies to create things like Birdly. Um, so here we are with Andy Wood, the SVP at Birdly VR. Hi, everybody, and I am interviewing live at VRLA. I'm actually on the exhibit floor now, and I'm standing at a really cool booth. Um, it's called Birdly VR, and basically, you get to fly across Central Park. And I'm here standing with Andy Wood, who is a senior vice president um, at Birdly VR, which is part of D3... D3D Cinema. D3D Cinema, and you're in the Intel booth. Tell us all about Birdly. So Birdly is a full-body virtual reality bird flight simulator. You lay on Birdly and virtually fly around uh, these environments. We have the New York City environment here today, so it's a model of, photorealistic model of all of Manhattan. You get to freely explore around this space. Uh, we have other new content coming to the platform in the coming months. Next month we're, month we're releasing a dinosaur show where your avatar is a pterosaur flying around a Jurassic landscape. Later this year we even have an underwater experience coming coming to Birdly. Same flight mechanics, same sort of biomechanics, but instead of a bird, your avatar is a manta ray. So this is uh, a really exciting product and we're really excited to be here as partners uh, with Intel on the floor this year. And how does the partnership take, take place? We're just kicking things off with Intel. Birdly is powered by Intel. Uh, so it's a new partnership, and, and we're really excited to uh, uh, roll the network out in collaboration with Intel. Right now, the Birdly uh, network is primarily in the institutional space, the science centers and the museums, zoos and aquariums. And uh, But this year, we're rolling out into many more commercial segments and attractions. So do you think this will be part of the location-based world now at, at the different you know centers that are open? up all over the country? Yeah, we expect that to be the case. We have a lot of different leasing packages that I think are going to make this very attractive to the FECs and the attractions. Um, we also rent Birdlies for you know events and, and conferences and that sort of thing. Oh, that's a great idea. So how did you guys come up with the mechanics of this? Did you do a lot of research around flight? Because I, I got into it and um, what I had, the most fun for me was guiding the wings, so as turning as an airplane, and I thought that was so much fun. 
done. So did you guys do a lot of aerodynamic research? Yeah, the creators did. So so Birdly was created by a company based in Zurich called Somniacs. And it's a group of guys who were involved with uh, a, a design, an art and design uh, university in Zurich. So we got involved with them pretty early on. Um, prototypes had kind of made the rounds. But as a cinema integration company, working primarily with different immersive technologies, we got involved pretty early with them, put this partnership together. And so we, we're the ones that have brought this to market. Uh, they, but yes, I mean it was uh, in prototype for a few years, and and they did a lot of research uh, to really make this a very very smooth experience, a very user intuitive experience. Unlike a lot of flight simulators that require a lot of instruction, with Birdly you just kind of get on, and within ten seconds you figure you figure out the flight mechanics. That's great, and I, I thought it was really easy to use. And what what are some of the other um, experiences that you're working on right now? So we, we have the dinosaur show coming uh, next month. So you're a pterosaur flying around uh, Jurassic landscape. That's built on the Unreal platform, and there's a lot of interactivity in that experience. So when you swoop down over a herd of dinosaurs, they scatter. For and sure, uh, dinosaurs always scatter when you swoop uh, down. Uh, absolutely, everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, we are we're working with some uh, studios right now on developing some franchise content to bring to the platform. Uh, so that'll be really fun. Um, you know, anything. That I mean, whether it's birds or manta rays or pterosaurs or dragons, uh, there's a lot of fun that you can have with that that content. And what about other? You mentioned other immersive cinema experiences, and I heard overheard you talking about domes and things like that. What are some of the other things that you guys are working on? Yeah, so D3D Cinema is a leader in uh, sort of boutique immersive cinema experiences. So we integrate, design and integrate systems from you know giant screens to giant cinema domes, uh, all the way down to all sorts of interactive, smaller museum format venues. That's cool. And are you seeing any trends in the space right now? Like, is there a lot of heat around all of these types of experiences right now? Yeah, well, certainly, I mean, Birdly is our foray into the VR space, and we've been looking at a lot of VR over the past few years, looking for something that we knew would really appeal to that institutional market where, you know, we sort of predominantly operate. So um, when we discovered Birdly, it was it was uh, just a great, great marriage because that museum space has really been eager to get into uh, VR, but we really needed something that was... Um, sort of exhibitized um, and would work well with all agents, audiences of all ages, um, including a lot of visitors that were going to be entirely new to VR. We also wanted an experience that was a social VR experience that you would really draw a crowd and you know have allow visitors to take videos and pictures and and uh, post them online and just you know really kind of create that that social exposure. And um, Andy, where can we find out more about Birdly and the things that you guys are doing? So uh, we're online at birdlyvr.com. Check it out. There's a lot of information up there. We're going to be posting some new videos on the Dinosaur Show opening next month. We've got a a trailer and a sizzle coming out that we'll post on the website probably within the week. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. And we were just um, listening to Andy Wood, who's the SVP at Birdly VR, which is part VR experience and part robotics experience on the floor of VRLA in the Intel booth. Um, and I got to actually uh, go on the ride. Um, and it, it was just so interesting because um, it's a little scary, actually, because you really do feel like you're flying um, and you're controlling your height 
whether you're swooping down or up um, by how you move the wing. So overall, it's a really interesting experience. And, and part of where a lot of these VR experiences are going, where they really plop you physically, you know, emotionally in every which way in different environments. And um, more and more, I'm uh, participating in location-based experiences where I find that um, not only uh, is, it, is the VR experience happening where I'm wearing, um, you know, an HMD and I'm submerged in this VR experience, but externally my other senses are, are being taken care of. And I'm walking on terrain that's similar to uh, what's happening in my goggles. And also I'm smelling things and there's sound. And so more and more of these VR experiences are, are going to involve all of your different senses. And so it's just a really exciting time. VRLA was for two days in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Um, this was the fifth annual show, and it was just a great example of, of where the industry is going with um, lots of new startups and lots of entrepreneurs and a lot of investment going on in the space, but also a lot of the people that we talked to landing the plane, enterprise solutions, monetization um, solutions, and really... Um, smart ways to um, engage business with VR as well as the consumer. Um, so I had a great time there, and I'm looking forward to um, more immersive um, entertainment shows, including Augmented um, World Expo, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, and we're going to be interviewing people there. So that's also um, coming up and very exciting as AR um, takes a bigger role in this world. So this is Lori H. Schwartz, your Tech Cat. We've been um, sharing interviews that we recorded live from the show floor at VRLA, the world's largest immersive technology festival that happened um, a week ago in May 2018 at the Los Angeles Convention Center. And I'm looking forward to bringing you more great interviews, more technology trends, and more thought leaders on the Tech Cat Show. Looking forward to being with you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 